0: Do you believe in Black girl magic? Do you believe in magic and mystery and adventure and civil rights and Black culture and Black power? Welcome back to another episode of Black in Real Life. My name is Yoli Weir and I'm here with my lovely, lovely co-host. Hello, mm-hmm. darling.
1: Woohoo! Yo, yo, yo. Burr, burr, burr,
0: burr. I know I want one of those horns.
1: Um <laughs> Yo yo yo, good people. Uh, what's up? It's your girl Kristen, candidly and from the Creative Discipline Project. What are we talking about That's today, Yoli?
0: Right. Well, I know. <laughs> Winter is coming in the world, in the words of uh, John Stock. Girl, that's gave him like three prayer. seasons ago. <laughs> Listen, doesn't matter because winter is always coming Thanks. depending on where you live. Thanks. So with that, and the solstice is right around the corner. So we wanted to talk about binge watching while Black or in Black and also about paying Black creatives. We all do it. I know when I want to procrastinate, I turn on a little something, trying to find a little something to capture my attention. And I'm like, I'm going to watch one episode. And the lies I keep telling myself before I know it, I've watched the entire season of some show. So we wanted to talk about some of the things that we have binge watched and some of the things we could binge watch coming up.
1: I'm here for it. So let's just jump right in. What you watching?
0: (laughs) Do you believe in Black girl magic? Do you believe in magic and mystery and adventure and civil rights and Black culture (laughs) and Black power? (laughs) It's all together in one show that is the beauty called A Lovecraft Country. I love that show. It has all of the things, the, the cinematography, the costuming, the acting, the plot lines, the storylines, the character development, and Afrofuturism. Like, come on. Like, all those things. Would you ever think that's in one show?
1: Okay, so give me a, the synopsis. What is the show about? Because that was a lot. So the synopsis is,
0: Black man is God. OK, in my mind, my, that's <laughs> that's my like my uh, Omar uh, synopsis of it. But it basically tells a story of a black man who's still reconciling is a very challenging relationship he has with a distant father. And in that and discovering himself and looking back and trying to find the roots of who he is and discovering that also encounters that there is some magic that his family inherited, meaning the, the, the gift and the ability to have magic in their lives and use magic to protect their family. Okay. So he kind of goes on this discovery trip. And it also, in like, it educates us about so much. There's references to Black Wall Street. There's references to uh, sundown towns. And to see those kind of references played out in real time, you get a sense or a feeling of the, the horror in some sense of what some of our ancestors may have experienced back then. And the beauty is that, as usual, Black women come to save the day in many different ways. So watch it if you have not already. Kristen. Talk to um, you.
1: Well, yeah, I got to watch it. You know, I'm all about the Black women saving the day because <laughs> that oh. that's what we do. <laughs> so and, what have you been watching, ma'am? So I've been watching Power Book 2. Like, I'm kind of late to the party. Um, it stars. Of, if you've watched Power, you know Mari Hartwick. He got shot. Who killed him? His son killed him. Yeah, everybody's Bye. The teenager everybody loves to hate. Michael Rainey, um, a.k.a. Tariq a.k.a. Ghost Junior. Pretty much. He is his father. You just like your daddy. Right. That is very so true. So he ends up, um, you know, having to go up to college and he actually cannot get his inheritance that his fa- his father left him until he graduates. So it's this whole brouhaha with him and his mom. His mom's in prison because she's been accused of killing him. And it's a really good story. It stars uh, Michael Rainey as Tariq, Mary J. Blige is in it, Notori uh Method Man, and it is back on stars. So they had a little hiatus, but I'm super excited to watch uh, the latest episodes and jump back into the whole white world of power. So, what do you got Method. next? I, Tariq,
0: man, I'm, I'll leave it alone. Tariq is a whole other episode in itself. <laughs> Have you seen
1: Watchmen yet? No, that is another one that I have yet to take. To, I've yet to partake in. You have to watch it
0: again. Another black woman coming to save the day. Regina King and all the things. She's
1: fabulous. I that, won't even give you. the You just have to watch it. That just, reminds me a lot of lightning, black lightning and black lightning. It started off strong and then it, it fizzled out. So, so think- that's
0: kind of the beauty of Watchmen, though, okay. because I, I don't think they're going to pick up a second season. Like the person who either wrote it or produced or whatever the case, the creator mm-hmm. said, we're going to leave it where it is because it could go on. There is the, the way it ends. There is plenty of room to keep going. Mm-hmm. But why not leave on that high note? Don't screw it up like they did to Game of Thrones. Like, let it be what it is. Mm-hmm. It's excellent. She should win all the awards for it. Her performance is magnificent. The storyline, the plot
1: line, it is just fascinating. So please do watch. Okay. I might have to I'm gonna have to take a gander on it. And that's on what? Is that HBO or yes. Okay. HBO. Oh, they've been coming with all the good stuff lately, so I love it. Okay, well you know what? I'm just about to like Renew. I think I can watch it on HBO Max too, hopefully. Yeah, um, no, they're all there. It's HBO is now
0: HBO Max, I believe, oh. for like on, online, the online digital stuff, whatever. I'm gonna
1: try to so, see if I can get a, another 14 day free trial. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Listen, this is Black in Real Life. I, we'll I, this I is plot strategically with my binge watching, um, I let it run out because after watching, uh, uh, What's the show? My favorite new show on HBO starring Zendaya. It's called Euphoria. And it's really good. It's really dark. And it's very interesting. Like, you know, I didn't grow up a druggie teenager. So I'm just curious, what is the druggie teenager life like? And you get all of that. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of get all of that with Euphoria. <laughs> So um, uh, they just ended their season uh, last year and they're actually supposed to be doing a new season. But in uh, in the meantime, between time, they launched a special episode uh, following Rue, who is Zendaya's character on the show. And from what I'm hearing, it's really, really good. So it's kind of like the little piece of meat in between the course, the, the second course and third course of the meal uh, to kind of hold us over until the second season comes out. But Euphoria, such a great show. Super excited to watch. My
0: sister watches it. I can't really get in. Like I grew up in New York, so I already knew the drug eating <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a, like a new thing for me like it's i remember a, i am well familiar with the, with the drug eating angst life um, yeah I, i've been seeing that for forever but i and i i think in the darkness i was like i don't want any more dark stuff like i want some, i want escapism because we've dealt with so much darkness in this year yeah. so escapism for me and futurism is kind of where more of my priorities lie but it does i, I know a lot of people resonate with that show or enjoy the the performance? Oh yeah, it's good. One love- thing that really made me hilariously laugh, hilarious, is unexpectedly was a show called The Unicorn. Really, what's and that about? He, so it's about a a, sing, a a newly singled father. His wife passed away uh, about a year ago, and he has two daughters who are about to transition to become like teenagers and while the main character is you know not black there is a black couple who helps him and there's another couple and they both support him and trying to help him encourage him to go back into dating and really like turn his life around and stop being about work and it's like they've formed their own family all you know all of them The it's the two couples plus him and the show is hilarious i hope they keep picking it up i hope they keep going it's a cbs show so i was incredibly surprised i think where did i watch it on i don't i forgot what platform i watched it on but the two people who really make the show like really funny it's like the two couples and uh the single dad and the single dad is paid by walton uh goggins and then there's Rob Corddry and Omar Benson Miller, Maya Maya Lynn Robinson and Ruby J. When I tell you every single person in that cast is hilarious. Rob and Omar used to be on that show Ballers with The Rock on HBO.
1: You know, yes. you caught my when as soon as you said The Rock, I said because I'm <laughs> a fan of The Rock. Like, excuse me?
0: The mm-hmm. two of them on that series together in different scenarios, great comedic timing. The two women, Maya and Ruby, hilarious. Like they're mom moms. Like one's more like a neurotic mom. And one is the black mom. She has four kids and she's trying to juggle these kids and juggle her life. <laughs> and all the while trying to support Wade to get back into the dating game and also helping him with his daughters. Cause it's just him. He's a single a newly single parent for only a year. But when I tell you, I've been I got through that season like that day, in one, like maybe a day and a half. I tried to spread it out, but I failed miserably. So it is what it is. But yes, The Unicorn, wonderful
1: show. Watch it. I lo- I feel like this is a show for like adults or people that are like struggling with adulting, like our age.
0: Yeah, I would say so. But it's just like, it's watching adulting from a different perspective. And mm-hmm. then for anyone who's a parent, great, like, it's, there's a lot of identifiable moments, like, Mm. oh, yeah, I remember that stage, and they all have children in different ranges, so one couple Mm -hmm. has a teenage daughter who's, like, really excelling at school, and then the other, they have four young children, and then even the, the black couple, their little boy, he, that, I need to find out what that little boy's name as an actor, because he plays his role excellent, excellently, like, he's, like, that kid that is just enough annoying, but not really like not to reek annoying, but he's smart and he has like these like weird ideas and he's just so precocious. It's a wonderful show. So take a chance and watch it, The Unicorn.
1: You might have to do that so on CBS, ne- right?
0: Yeah. Yep. So what's next okay. on your list for them?
1: So, I mean, let's talk 40 year old version on Netflix. Oh, I, it I've was been a sleeper. To I didn't, it. Oh, it's so good. So, it's an American comedy. It's actually filmed, directed, and produced by all the black girl magic that is Rada Blank. Um, it's her directorial debut, and it basically talks about or it, it highlights uh, her life between the worlds of hip hop and theater and really trying to find her voice. So, if you've ever been a creative in New York, which we both have, and are because you're in New York, and now I'm in Detroit. Um, it's a really good, just ode to that creative struggle life, <laughs> trying to stay true to who you are, and still kind of own your craft, and you know, stay true to. The messaging and everything. And it's really dope. Like she transformed from a playwright to a rapper named Rodimus Prime, where she was spitting bars. And it was like a little love scene in there. And it was like, oh, okay, girl, don't hurt him. It it was one of those shows that it was kind of long, to be honest. I think it was about two hours, which I was like, all right, girlfriend, we could have wrapped this up. But it's good enough show to definitely watch and support. And I don't know if she's going to come back with something else after this, but give her all the awards because this was a story and this these are stories that need to be told. So you got to check well, it out I'll if you it. haven't. And it's on Netflix streaming now. OK, I'll definitely look out for that. Like
0: I'm... Like putting together a list of things where I just have like a whole like half of a week to myself to do anything I want. So play games and watch Netflix and watch all the other streaming platforms pretty much. And I'm going to get the the most out of my Netflix now, considering that I have to pay a dollar more for my Netflix. (laughs) So that that extra dollar a month means now I have to really watch it and I'm going to find all the things. And we find a lot of like foreign films and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's worth it.
1: For now. Well, but I mean, Netflix, Netflix is coming with that heat. Like, I'm not mad that I'm paying, you know, as much as I am for. I'm, for not, my- I'm not mad because they are giving like good shows. They're bringing back some of the classics. They're coming with a lot of original programming. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. I would prefer to pay that for uh, Netflix and get a bunch of old shows, new stuff than HBO. Like, that's a challenge for me. E- it is. E-oh. Okay,
0: <laughs> anyway, I don't. Dis- you I don't agree or disagree, but it it's like they both have really good content right now. So next on my list is actually an Amazon Prime show. The boys
1: love it. F- because- I feel like I'm seeing a theme here, like superheroes, like fantasy. It, yes,
0: yes, I told you escapism twenty twenty has been difficult, darling, <laughs> so in that, I need to go to other people in other worlds to like that's always been but I love cinematography, so when you're dealing with these kind of magic other world kind of things mm-hmm. and, and and you know and superheroes, you get a lot of the the effects of the cinematography in terms of special effects and visuals that are compelling, so the boys is literally about a bunch of really uh miscreant (laughs) superheroes like there aren't your stereo like stereotypical superheroes who are good all the time they're actually very some of them are very really dark and do dark things one of them really i think one of them even sees a therapist at some point because they have a lot of like like troubling uh traits if you will so these are traumatic superheroes with some of them but they're human like here's the thing though they weren't like i don't know how to explain it it's not like they were superheroes who you know they're they were superheroes and they didn't have any human experiences they lived their whole life with human experiences knowing that they had these special things but you i don't want to give the plot away so you'll just have to watch to see like how they evolve but the real true story is in A group of men and a woman who eventually comes along are trying to stop the bad superheroes, trying to stop the superheroes from doing some of the bad stuff that they do, because on the public surface, they look fine, but they know better. They've seen the dark things they've done and they kind of band together to to stop. So it's like a, a, a you want to say it's good against evil, but it's like a little bit of good and a little bit of evil against a little bit of evil and a little bit of good. So it's kind of, it goes either way, but it's really enjoyable. And I had tweeted the other day when I finished watching it, I was like, I'm so mad. I get to finish the show. I need to learn how to pace myself. Binge watching all the time is not a setup to win. So yeah, that's it for me. See, I need my bad guys to be bad guys (laughs) and my good guys to be good guys. But But they are bad guys posing as good guys. That's That's the conundrum. Just like certain people in our former administration. I'm a good guy. I love everybody. Here's some uh, paper towels. But they're really not. <laughs> but they're really not uh good guys. But the public imaging would tell you otherwise. So that's why
1: I enjoy that show. What else have you been watching, Madame? Okay, I guess on the vein of escapism, it's the holiday season. So I'm like just jumped in knee deep into holiday movies, feel good movies. Uh, One of the biggest, I think, of this season is probably Jingle Jangle which I'm super excited about because it's pretty much like a traditional holiday movie with an all-Black cast, amazing costumes, phenomenal music, and, I mean, the cherry on top, the fabulous Felicia Rashad is in it. So Mm. (laughs) it's super dope. It stars uh, Forrest Whitaker, uh, Felicia Rashad, Anika Noni Rose, uh, Keegan-Michael Key, and a newbie cute little girl named madeline mills um it basically is about uh the story of an inventor he kind of loses his way the granddaughter helps him kind of regain his confidence it's produced by an amazing team including uh What is his name? Uh, We're just ordinary people. Cha-cha-cha. His wife's name is Chrissy. Yes. Thank you. Okay. There we go. It's it's co-produced by uh, John Legend, which makes sense because, like I said, the music is ridiculous. So it's on Netflix. I mean, if you're just trying to just jump into the holiday mood, grab you a cup of eggnog, pop on Jingle Jangle on Netflix, and you are well on your way
0: so that sounds amazing and that's something I would want to I would love to watch with like my nephew absolutely I think that's one of those like hey come like hang out and sleep over and let's get some like hot chocolate for him and water for me (laughs) (laughs) but there is something on Netflix that I've been seeing and I keep seeing it and I haven't watched it but I know you've watched it What's and that? that's Dance Dreams with Debbie Allen, the Hot Chocolate
1: Nutcracker. Listen, let's go two for two here. Like if you if you're just kind of shy about the holidays and just want to like dip your toe into the holiday water, then yeah, jingle jangle. If you're really about that life, then you need the Hot Chocolate Nutcracker starring Miss Debbie Allen. It's actually uh, called Dance Dreams and it's about the Hot Chocolate Nutcracker uh, with Debbie Allen. She has a dance academy, the Debbie Allen Dance Academy, and like, Los Angeles, and it really follows the story of some amazing dancers. Some of them that have been with the the uh, academy since like age four, five, six. Uh, tells the story of their auditions, uh, where they want to go. It follows the story of an amazing dancer that she actually brought from North Carolina. It kind of shows. I'm not going to give away the 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 end of it, but it shows where she actually catapulted her career to um, as a young adult. So it's super dope. I loved it. And I kind of wish the Hot Chocolate Nutcracker was like here. Like right now, it's only showing in New York. I mean, not New York, in Los Angeles. It's their annual fundraiser. Um, So they only do it once a year. But it's like, it's it's such a good play. And it looks like it's so much fun. And I'm sure it inspires so many young dancers. Hopefully, they may like take that show on the road. So Dance Dreams, Hot Chocolate Nutcracker with Debbie Allen. You got a twofer. Debbie Allen, Felicia Rashad, I say give them all the Netflix specials, shows. Oh, and by the way, it's actually produced by Shonda Rhimes, who is oh. right, pretty much the woman behind ABC having T G I T, all of the Grey's anatomies and scandals, and wouldn't be any, wouldn't be anything, any of this without Miss Shonda Rhimes. So shout out oh, to her fun. and her yep. big deal with Netflix.
0: So it sounds like we have a couple of things that we have to mutually watch and check in about. But let's talk about some of the upcoming things that you've seen, because you've been like you have a system. I admire your system. Your system is very respectable. (laughs) You like to go and like peruse to see what's coming up next and then like plan for it.
1: I do like I, re- I really do wish that there was a show like ours, like all the time that basically said, hey, this is what you're watching. This is what you probably should be watching just to make sure you're in the know. So I find myself once a month, maybe twice a month, just trying to say, OK, what well, black shows are coming out. And I instantly go to uh, Netflix's Strong Black Lead page on Instagram where they show all the black shows that are coming out for the month. So this month is super dope because if you're a dancer or want to be dancer or just in your shower dancer or in your bathroom dancer, then you know about You Got Served, which of course stars Omarion and all the B2Ks and all the pop blocking in in the world. And it's on Netflix now. So if you ever feel like, you know what, I I just want to let out a little sting. You want to breathe in, breathe out, Get into it with Fat Man Scoop. You've got served. That's coming out. That's out this month. And then the biggest show of them all, I'm super excited about My Rainey's Black Bottom, uh, which is Ooh. hugely anticipated because it stars Viola Davis and the late great, which is still feels so crazy saying I that. Know that's so crazy. Chadwick Bozeman, and it's based on the August Wilson play, basically tackling music and race in the 1920s Chicago. That's out December 16th on uh, the Netflix and super excited to watch it. One thing, one thing you have to say is anything showcasing August Wilson plays, you've got to have powerhouses. So Viola Davis in the past, it's been Denzel Washington. Now we have Chadwick Boseman. Really excited about watching this. It's going to be phenomenal.
0: I don't know if I can watch it yet. I may have to wait a little while because someone was watching uh, Black Panther the other day and I was like, nope, not ready. Can't see this. Oh. I looked at it for two seconds and seconds. I was like, let me walk away. <laughs> let me just preserve oh. my mental health and my sanity. So it may be one of those shows that I eventually go to to watch but i'm gonna yeah. it's gonna take a little while and people are gonna talk about it i'm like okay fine whatever it's already the there's not gonna be
1: spoilers it's not really gonna be a real spoiler but right.
0: uh, also so, let me I'm say
1: so this about- oh just real quick so yeah. i feel you on the not being able to watch uh, Black Panther. Like, that's a challenge. But if you've ever seen Chad Bozeman in any of his other movies, I mean, get on up where he transformed into uh, James Brown. He's transformed into Thurgood Marshall. He's transformed into Jackie Robinson. Like, he literally knows how to embody characters where it's like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to watch Black Panther the same, but watching Chad with Boseman transpose into And like living the living embodiment of these historical characters. I think I could do that like easily because he's just that good. Okay, I'll I'll try if I can
0: (laughs) I can handle it. I will keep going. Yeah. The one show that I'm really excited about and it doesn't have a strong black lead, but it does have a black character who is worth uh, watching. And because he's like growing up into a man. Stranger Things
1: have you ever seen Stranger Things I at all? have not. And I think the last Gosh, season, yeah. it was like an 80s vibe. And I was just like, I could dig that, but I never jumped in. Do it. Do it. <laughs> jump jump right on it. So <laughs> rumor
0: has it that, you know, since pandemic, you know, production shut down, but they are picking it back up and it'll come out sometime in 2021. No definitive dates. But I'm just happy to see that you know, production is starting to come back and hopefully they're doing it with safety in mind and taking all these safety precautions that are necessary. So one thing that Netflix did do to me that is highly respected and highly valued in terms of safety and, you know, and and just being mindful of protecting people Is the whole thing with removing the Dave Chappelle show from their streaming platform?
1: What do you think about that, madam? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, shout out to the man, the myth, the legend, the goat, the funniest man, the most dangerous man in entertainment, Dave Chappelle. He literally said, listen, well, he gave us a hint about this, first and foremost, when he hosted Saturday Night Live, the Saturday after the election, he had said something along the lines of, yeah, you know, Netflix got uh, Dave Chappelle streaming. I'm not getting paid off that. And it kind of struck a chord with me like, "Okay, what is that about? And I went to, to Netflix and sure enough, it was on there. However... You know, weeks later, he goes and uh, posts a video, kind of a stand up video um, entitled Unforgiven, um, where he goes and basically tells the story about how in the past things have been stolen from him and he was unable to kind of stand up for himself or things have been stolen from him. He signed contracts and, you know, basically got the wrong end of the deal this time is things are a little bit different because he shares a story about how he took his relationship with Netflix to the next level and basically asked and said, you know what? I would like you guys to pull the Chappelle show from Netflix because I'm not getting paid from this. The company that owns it, which I believe is Viacom, um, basically they're getting paid off of my work that I wasn't rightly paid for. And Netflix said, you know what, Dave? We don't want you to feel bad. We don't want you to feel uncomfortable. We don't want you to feel shafted. We're going to honor your request and take the show off of our air or off of our platform. And that's basically what they did. In the video, I will say too, Dave didn't hold any bars. He said, guess what? If you love me, if you love my comedy, if you love what I do, don't stream or watch the Chappelle show on any platforms. And I think he meant uh, Netflix when it was on Netflix. I think he meant HBO because I believe it was, they brought it back to HBO or HBO Max. And he's basically saying, unless they pay me, don't watch it or else. And I truly believe what I truly believe that or else was is that he might actually be trying to launch a new show or a platform of his own. And I would be here for that. I would definitely be here for that because Dave Chappelle speaks no lies, only truth. What about you? What you think?
0: I admire it in, in a way that brings visibility and awareness to faulty contracts that don't make any sense why would I sign my name and likeness to anyone in perpetuity? But like he said, when he's coming from a place of desperation and you don't have any money, you kind of take the deal that it's presented in front of you. And you also get an opportunity to work on something that you inherently love doing. So it really causes us to take a look at, the whole entertainment industry and even content creator community, because these are conversations we're having a lot more of in terms of, you know, licensing and how long you can use something in the duration of everything. And if you're allowed to use it in perpetuity, because perpetuity is forever. And he said perpetuity in any, like literally across all the universe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that means in like 150, <laughs> 5,000 years if we have <laughs> towns on other planets he couldn't even use his the name of his show there and it's his name it's his name so for me that just sounds insane and it kind of ties back to thinking about some of the, the faulty contracts that some of our favorite artists in the hip hop community got with different people in that space and looking how they could have been great they could have been this And because they had poor contracts, it literally sucked the life out of them and the ability to be creative. So for Dave, when he left, not only did he have to walk away from that show, once he walked away, people try to make it seem like he lost his mind. And really put him in a space where he couldn't, like, it's the equivalent of somebody saying, oh, that person is difficult to work with. That's like a a stain. It's similar to like what we saw with, uh, I still haven't watched the full thing, but with like Will Smith and uh, Janet, is it Hubert? Mm -hmm. And just seeing like, once someone says you're difficult or something and they disparage you in that way, it makes it difficult to work and to find work because people have this stigma associated with you. So I think he did the right. I think his his move was a boss move to be quite candid. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: How many people could pull that? But also we owe an apology to Monique. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Because if we could support him in talking about, you know, he's saying they didn't pay me. She was saying they're not trying to pay me what I am worth. Mm hmm. You're gonna, are you going to pay me with worth or what you what you perceive my worth is or At- what you perceive my relevance is that those things are very nuanced. But don't try to give the she has Emmys. She has things. And if she were any other woman who was, you know, if she were a white woman with a similar record. And probably less funny than Amy Schumer, she probably
1: would have gotten a deal she actually wanted. That whole story is crazy to me. Like, it basically boils down to Netflix offered her a sum of money. I believe it was like $500,000 to do a special. She said no. She basically was starting the negotiation process and was saying, well, no, how about this? And then Netflix just shut down. Completely, like no negotiations, no nothing. And it was kind of dirty. Like when you think about it in hindsight, I'm glad she did go off and and file litigation because That's not how platforms or like when you were talking about paying the creator, the creators, black creatives, like there is a process. And the fact that they immediately shut down that channel of communication in that process, they needed to be called out on it. And I honestly believe they probably would have continued to do Dave Chappelle dirty if they didn't have this litigation situation with Monique. You think so? Absolutely. Because guess what? I think after the, the Monique situation, they clearly saw the value in making sure that their creatives that they're working with are happy. Because if they did say, well, you know, Dave, I don't think so. You know, uh, you know, we're working with major uh, networks or, you know, Viacom. We don't want to ruffle their feathers. Then guess what? Dave Chappelle would be turning that ammunition onto Netflix as well as Viacom. So I think they knew what they were doing when they wanted to appease Dave. And, you know, not to say they're all gumdrops and lollipops, but they're looking for out for their biggest asset, which is their platform and their subscriptions.
0: Yeah, I see that. That's an interesting theory to, to think about in terms of if they didn't you know, because of the Monique situation, it would have paved the way. But I don't know. Part of me doesn't feel that way because he's made so much money for them. And they want to, and his popularity has basically taken off from where it was before. It actually never dwindled. He's more visible on the on the scene. He also has a lot more social media presence. Like he can drop a special like he did on Instagram. <laughs> Like without hesitation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So the the quote unquote blowback from wronging people, especially now in this year of 2020, uh, the craziness that it has been, there's a lot more relevance. And he has a lot more command of audiences and has an ability to convey. He's one of the greatest storytellers ever. So his ability to connect with people in his storytelling and the way he tells the, communicates his messaging resonates a lot more. And I think, I don't know, I don't know if, the, I think the outcome still would have been what it is had Monique not filed litigation. But that's we're living in probability. So if we look at all the factors, it's just an interesting thing to watch play out in real time. And that also reminds me of how the whole instance with Shonda Rhimes and how she got to Netflix. So she mentioned she's producing that show with Debbie Allen, the documentary Debbie Allen. And to think that asking for an extra ticket to an amusement park that the company owns and the person responding with, don't you have enough?
1: I was like, Really? That sounds a little, like, that sounds a little gray. That sounds a little inward stay in your place. Yes, that's what it
0: is. And she said, you know what? (laughs) I'm taking my toys and I'm leaving the park and I'm going to the forest. Yep. And that's what she did. And they're going to pay me. (laughs) And they're going to
1: pay me well.
0: And that's exactly what happened. And I think that speaks to a larger conversation and perspective of creatives in general is that you, if you stand firm in who you are and what you are capable of from the jump, and you can make allowances for like changes here and there if you're just trying to get on and and, and whatnot, but staying firm in that and then building an alliance with other creatives saying, this is this is the standard we should be creating for our creations.
1: Then people have to treat you accordingly. I think that's one so. of the biggest problems in the creative community. Period is that not everyone sticks to that standard. And you, when you don't stick to that standard, then you don't have a set foundation on how much you're going to get paid because you're always going to have somebody else that's going to take the low hanging fruit and mess it up for all true. of us.
0: I know it, it's such a it's such an interesting area to like focus on at times and have com- conversations, but the transparency that is happening now is just amazing. Like it's happening in smaller enclaves, it's happening on larger platforms. Brands are getting called out, but brands are also
1: being hit. But some of them are not. So I'm seeing like an influx on both sides of the spectrum. Another one of the things that I think we should also just kind of highlight is as much as we love watching these, you know, amazing shows starring Black creatives, actors, producers, we also need to kind of look at valuing Black media as much as we value these shows. Like, let's talk about Essence and Ebony Magazine and Black Enterprise Magazine. And I mean, even there was a thing with a lot of uh, uh, interviewers and producers talking about how some of these celebrities, even Black celebrities, were getting rushed on the red carpet, like past, you know, past Black media. So if you love Black culture, if you love, you know, Black movies, if you love, you know, all of these shows, then kind of show that same love to Black media. What say you? I think that's I think that's
0: incredibly accurate and needs to be addressed. Knowing that Black culture are the tastemakers of the trends that other people try to Columbus or gentrify still means that we define culture for everyone else. So, with that being said, you would want said whoever to be on that platform because that's information that's being disseminated to a very particular audience. The people magazines and the, the other entertainment outlets still get some of their sourcing from these black outlets. So I think it's important to treat them with the same level of of respect because there are tons of talented writers and editors producing really quality content day in and day out and not getting the same accolades as some of these conventional outlets, quote unquote conventional. So I think there's a a purpose for these things happening now and maybe it's making way for a new generation and a new vanguard to take the wheel and find new ways of presenting our stories. And there are people doing that in the Hollywood side, Let's find some people doing it on the media side and representing and taking the mantle to represent us in a whole new set of ways. So I think that's super, super important.
1: As my friend Yoli would say, a woman. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. Well, I think this brings us to the
0: end of another wonderful show of Black and real life. Uh, I think this is, we just want to say, make sure you play back creatives play, play back
1: creatives support black creatives watch black creatives hopefully it's a good watch that, that part <laughs> yeah
0: and you know what get out here and produce good quality content because we're going to be at home for a little while and we want to see all the good things and we want to be entertained and just like the the great Issa of says, we're rooting for everybody black that's right that's what we do here on black in real life so thanks for tuning in again. Check us out next week with our next episode. Follow us on all the socials and are on our website, blackinreallife.com. Also, blkinreallife.com. And on Instagram, Twitter, and the Facebooks. You can find us at BLK in Real Life. We will see you on the Black Side.